0: Welcome to the 100th episode of Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors.
1: The Presidential Medal of Freedom, formerly a prestigious honor bestowed upon our noblest citizens, currently being worn by Rush Limbaugh.
0: The United States Senate, formerly the world's most deliberative body, currently Trump's
1: most diminutive bitch. And American democracy, formerly the envy of the world, currently the only thing in steeper decline than President Trump's mental health. I'm Dave. And I'm Molly. And our voices are as soft and faint as what's left of America's hope.
0: Our top story this week. President Trump delivered what we're calling the State of the Union Address, even though in reality it was more like a terrible combination of lies and reality television gimmicks.
1: Throughout his speech, the president not only mentioned the people in the gallery who he had invited to attend the speech, he surprised those people with gifts like Oprah on Sweepsweek.
0: Since the president's lies were less interesting than the game-show trickery and the seemingly split-screen juxtaposition of Mike Pence's fawning and Nancy Pelosi's rage, Barely Audible whispers coverage of the speech includes audio from Trump's guests as well as Speaker Pelosi
1: and Vice President Pence. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that.
2: My fellow white, Christian, Trump-voting, Fox News-viewing, gullible Americans, this speech is for you, and only you, and you can tell because I'm going to open with a bunch of crazy lies that only you're dumb enough to believe. (laughs)
3: I'm going to lead a standing ovation for everything Trump says, no matter how stupid, because Mother is watching, and I don't want her to have to see me seated next to a woman. The
2: state of the union is the best union state in the history of state unions, except for California, which shouldn't even be a state because Mexicans...
3: Pure nonsensical gibberish.
2: I totally rebuilt the army because Obama made the army illegal. And I brought back all of the jobs because Obama fired all of the workers.
3: I've, I've never, never seen anybody, seen anybody lie, that. That, blatantly lie that blatantly before.
2: Wages are big best tremendous and there are so many jobs that many people have two and three jobs because wages are so good that they need lots of jobs. That doesn't Doesn't make
3: any sense. sense.
2: And speaking of jobs, there's a black guy in the crowd who has a job. He used to be a drug addict and not have a job, but now he has a job because Trump. Wave at all the white people, black guy with a job.
0: I'm the first addict in history to hit rock bottom after I got clean.
2: Later, I'm going to say a bunch of totally racist stuff, but first, I'm going to prove I'm not racist by pointing out all the black people I invited here tonight to prove that at least four black people don't hate me. Like this hundred-year-old former Tuskegee Airman who I randomly made a general earlier today. I don't know what the tugboat skateboard airmen were, but I'm going to take credit for it. General Pounder. Reporting for racial token duty. So now that i proved I'm not a racist, I'm going to say some really racist stuff about all the Mexicans who are going to rape and murder all the white people unless we build my completely indestructible wall. I
3: can't I believe, can't believe have the audacity, have the audacity, audacity to brag about the wall after after last the week's news story about a giant, giant chunk, chunk of this new wall story being, toppled by a, by a strong wall strong being toppled by a strong breeze.
2: I hate wind. The wind blew down my wall and causes cancer. And speaking of cancer and lies, Rush Limbaugh is here.
3: Okay, the key to overacting surprise is to make my eyes ridiculously wide. I suck at this. Maybe Hollywood actors have more talent than I give them credit for.
2: Rush Limbaugh is a lying racist who lowered the bar of American discourse so low that I got to be president. Not only does that deserve a Medal of Freedom, that deserves an awkward presentation of the Medal of Freedom by Melania in the middle of my Sweep Sweep Ratings stunt speech. Surprise! I had medal with me the whole time. I would be smiling now if I were capable of smiling
3: trying way too hard to fake cry now. Just keep squeezing my eyes tight.
2: But I saved the best cheap reality TV stunt for last. Nobody does desperate reality TV stunts most stuntier than Trump. I'm going to introduce a military wife and her children whose husband is overseas and I'm going to say some nice stuff about the wife and everybody's going to applaud. Phew.
4: The way the speech was going, I thought he was going to do something weird, but so far he's just saying-
2: But then, boom! Guess what? Oh no. The husband has secretly been here the whole time! Come on out! Oh my god! I can't believe it's really you! I'm so happy! This is such great television. Although this does feel like
4: our intensely personal moment is being exploited for political theater,
0: Can't we just enjoy the moment and argue about this in private?
2: Apparently not! (laughs) Nobody produces emotionally manipulative manufactured television drama better than
3: Trump. This This is is the most blatant politicization of the military I've ever seen. We'll be be able to fundraise fundraise off this this for a week.
2: In conclusion, the state of our union is Trump. Trump bless you, and may Trump continue to bless America, but most importantly, Trump bless Trump. Do you hear that, Donald? That's not just the
4: sound of me ripping up your speech, it's also the sound of me tearing into your news coverage.
0: This Sunday, the NFL celebrated 100 years of football the 52nd Super Bowl where the San Francisco 49ers blew a 10-point fourth quarter lead.
1: 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan blew the biggest fourth quarter Super Bowl lead since the Atlanta Falcons blew the biggest lead in Super Bowl history in 2017. The Falcons offensive coordinator when they blew the biggest lead in Super Bowl history was none other than 49ers current lead blowing coach Kyle Shanahan.
0: Here, with a new proposed rules change that might prevent him from blowing even more 4th quarter leads, is 49ers head coach, Kyle Shanahan.
4: Having lost two Super Bowls by blowing big 4th quarter leads, I've come to the conclusion that football games should only be 3 quarters long.
2: Uh, 3 quarters does not equal one hole.
4: Obviously, the math nerds will point out that 3 quarters does not equal one hole, But the other day, I saw a hockey game, and in hockey, they only
2: play three periods. Three being an uneven number by definition means that the game will be asymmetrically divided, and asymmetry is anathema to traditional American athletics.
4: I understood the first three quarters of what she said, but then I completely lost focus in the end. But I think she addressed my key selling point. No halftime. Because apparently... Halftime pissed conservative Super Bowl viewers off so much that people are talking about J Lo's pole dance more than my blown lead.
1: J Lo and Shakira, wearing nothing but short skirts and tights that covered their entire bodies, shook their hips in a manner so sexually suggestive that my husband had his first erection since Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction. One evangelical is actually suing the
4: NFL for putting his eternal salvation at risk by exposing him to Latina women's hips.
0: My salvation was put in jeopardy by the vile black magic of brown
1: temptation. My husband's immortal soul has been sacrificed at the hedonistic altar of the Pepsi halftime show. Seriously, there's really a guy suing
0: the NFL over this. J-Lo performed a pole dance, and even though she herself did not strip, by performing a dance sometimes associated with stripping, it made me think impure pure stripper thoughts about strippers.
2: Your system of causal
1: addition is flawed. As a conservative, I am deeply offended by the indecent intrusion of the leftist pole dance culture, which seeks to undermine the family values of the God-anointed president, who cheated on his porn star wife with two other porn stars.
2: That equation is severely unbalanced. Okay,
4: so you don't have a problem with President Trump's rampant sexual promiscuity.
0: As it says in the Beatitudes, blessed are the tiny-handed, for they shall be the grabbers of pussies.
1: Or even sexual assault. Asses to asses, boys will be boys, amen. Amen. But you do have a problem with Latina women
0: performing a provocative halftime dance. When a Latina woman shakes her hips in rhythm unachievable by a white woman, it is an abomination against the Lord.
1: Dear Lord, he's got another erection. Don't worry dear, I know just what to do with an erection. I will drop to my knees, open my mouth,
2: and pray. Your analysis is only two-thirds accurate.
4: So in order to keep you mad enough at halftime to support three-period football, I have to. Um, I don't know what to do. I'm three-quarters of the way to achieving my goal, but I have no idea what to do at this point.
1: Dear Lord, please help my husband's afflicted penis, which wickedly points up at you. Maybe I play conservatively and just run out the clock.
0: It's working. Your physical presence is curing me of my erection.
4: No. I'm going to try too aggressively to run up the score, paying no attention to the clock at all.
1: And may you condemn those two Latina women to burn in hell in your mercy. I know. I'll call a pass play on third down. That,
4: if it leads to a sack, will take us out of field goal range.
0: You mentioned the smoking hot Latina women. My sin stick is rising again.
4: Time to blow the whole thing when one stupid move. Sir, is it possible that you're just really into Latina women?
0: How dare
1: you point out the obvious to me? We will never support three-period football or any part of your wicked leftist agenda. And I lose again. For Barely Audible Whisper, I'm
2: Kyle Shanahan saying... He was only able to successfully complete three-quarters of his sign-off.
0: President Trump was acquitted on both articles of impeachment this Tuesday. He was acquitted on the second article for obstruction on the predictable 53-47 party line vote, but... On the first Article for Abuse of Power, the vote was 52-48, with Senator Mitt Romney crossing party lines and voting guilty.
1: Senator Romney announced his plan to vote guilty in a teary-eyed and emotional speech on the Senate floor. God,
3: and my faith, and my oath, and he did it. (laughs) He's a no-good, doo-doo, poopy criminal. Forgive me. That's the worst language I have ever used. But Trump is bad!
0: (laughs) Senator Romney's profile in courage surprised many of his former critics who used to consider the former presidential candidate to be a quintessentially slick and unprincipled politician.
1: For a deeper look at the only principled Republican who we used to consider unprincipled, Barely audible whisper filed the following report.
4: Willard Mitt Romney was born on March 12, 1947.
0: <laughs> Congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Romney, it's a boy. The only boy I've ever delivered, born
1: with perfectly styled hair and wearing a Brooks Brothers suit. I shall name him Willard, but everyone will call him Mitt, because even a name as ordinary as Will is not boring enough for my incredibly boring son. Tax cuts. Did he say tax cuts? Aw, baby's first conservative political proposal.
4: Mitt, who is so boring, his completely unique name is actually more boring than an actually boring name, would soon grow up to become a venture capitalist, making millions of dollars buying out vulnerable companies and firing most of their employees.
3: The good news is I made millions of dollars. The bad news is you're out of a job.
1: I can't believe you just ruined my life but still managed to make it so boring. This is the worst day of my life. And somehow it's also the dullest.
4: As the Republican governor of the liberal state of Massachusetts, Romney held socially liberal positions on abortion, gay rights, and gun control. Positions he immediately reversed upon seeking the presidential nomination of the more conservative Republican Party.
3: Today... I announced my candidacy for the Republican nomination. And did I mention that I changed my mind about most of the things I believed yesterday? I'm so boring that when I eat food, I think of the name of the food I'm eating while I'm eating it. This morning I was eating a waffle, so I thought, waffle, and a new political strategy was born.
4: When Romney ran against incumbent President Barack Obama in 2012, he was a fierce opponent of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Despite the fact that Obamacare was actually modeled after a plan Romney implemented as governor of Massachusetts, a plan that was literally called Romney Care.
3: Obamacare is bad, because unlike Romney Care, Obamacare is named after Obama. And I believe now, as I did not yesterday, and may or may not tomorrow, that the effectiveness of a law should not be measured by its effectiveness, but by the whiteness of the guy it's named after.
4: But Donald Trump had an odd effect on people. He turned otherwise reasonable conservatives,
2: fiscal responsibility, into cultish worshippers. Donald Trump was delivered by God. He turned otherwise peaceful
4: liberals, love All the people. Into angry balls of rage. I'm gonna snap Trump's neck and piss in his Nazi skull! And he turned an otherwise boring Mitt Romney.
3: People have criticized my hair as being too perfect. I'll show them. I'm going to carefully place a strategic strand of hair neatly and symmetrically askew
4: into an outspoken critic, whose blistering anti-Trump speech during the 2016 election even included a joke.
3: Donald Trump is a liar. His word is as worthless as a degree from Trump University.
4: It was a terrible joke.
3: Is this thing on?
4: But cut the guy some slack. It was his first attempt at humor in almost 70 years. And throughout the three years of Trump's presidency, Mitt has remained a consistent, if not tepid, critic of President Trump.
3: President Trump's behaviour is troubling in the extreme. And by in the extreme, I mean the least extreme possible extremeness, like a Mountain Dew commercial.
4: Romney's tepid Trump criticism seemed to peak during the impeachment trial, when he almost voted for witnesses.
3: I am giving very serious consideration to potentially supporting allowing the possibility of witnesses. I'm voting against witnesses.
4: Which is why the world was shocked on Tuesday when Mitt Romney actually did the morally courageous thing.
3: He did it. He's guilty.
4: (laughs) Senator Mitt Romney actually bucked his party, stood up for his country and voted his conscience, at least on the abuse of power
3: charge. I voted not guilty on the obstruction of Congress article, because, for no apparent reason, I believe that when the President abuses his power, he should be allowed to further abuse his power to cover up his initial abuse of power.
4: If, as they say, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, then in the Republican Senate, Mitt Romney is a profile in courage.
2: I could have one eye
0: In our very first episode We did a Barely Audible Whisper sports segment On the Houston Astros winning the World Series
1: Since then it has been revealed That the Astros are dirty rotten cheaters So since it is our 100th episode We figured it would be a good time To revisit the 2017 World Series
0: Barely Audible Whisper sports reporter Homer Walkoff sat down with retired catcher Brian McCann, who was on that World Series team.
2: Thank you for talking to me, Brian.
3: Happy to, Homer.
2: We're an NPR parody podcast, so we have to assume our listeners have no idea how sports work. Can you explain how the sign stealing system worked? Actually, before you do that, can you explain the rules about stealing signs? Actually, before you do that, Can you explain what a sign is? Uh,
3: yeah. A sign is when the catcher signals to the pitcher what pitch to throw.
2: So if the batter knows what the pitch will be, it's a lot easier to hit it. Yes. How do they keep the opposing team from seeing the signs and relaying them to the batter?
3: Well, it's perfectly legal for a base runner to watch the signs and signal to the batter. So in those situations, the catcher switches to more complex signs. Uh, That's when you see the catcher put down one finger, then five, then a fist, then wiggles his little finger, then taps both thighs, then a peace sign, or something like that. Uh,
2: So when does it become illegal?
3: When you use any form of technology to help you steal signs.
2: And that's what the Astros did? Yes. And how did they pull this off?
3: Well, there was a camera in center field aimed at the pitcher and catcher. Someone routed the feed to a monitor in our locker room. Someone who wasn't in the game would watch the feed and hit the trash can with a baseball bat, which the batter would hear and be able to decode the signs.
2: Did you personally benefit from this system? No. But one Astros fan went back and looked at the videos and logged every time there was a trash can bang. You were the batter for around 50 of them.
3: There was sometimes banging when I was at the plate, but that doesn't mean I used the information. And it definitely doesn't necessarily mean I benefited from it.
2: Uh Uh-huh. And did you ever talk to your teammates about this? Try to get them to stop cheating? No. Okay, what was that? What was what? Did you hear a thumping sound? No. Are you sure? It was a distinctive thump-thump.
3: I may have heard what you're talking about, but can't be sure.
2: Okay, moving on. The Astros' manager and general manager got fired. Two people involved in the scandal who became managers of other teams also got fired. Do you think the punishment is fair?
3: Yes. I've always been a proponent of playing the game the right way.
2: But you didn't report your teammates when you knew they were cheating.
3: No, I didn't. Because another part of playing the game the right way is having loyalty for your teammates.
2: Do you worry that the cheating scandal might impact your chances of becoming a manager? Yes. Okay. I see what's happening here. Someone's listening in and giving you one thumb for yes and two thumps for no. Am I right?
3: I'm not sure. That certainly seems plausible.
2: So, what, no thumbs is giving a vague answer that's not a yes or a no?
3: That may be consistent with how this interview has gone so far, but it may not.
2: Why? The scandal's already out, isn't it? Do we know everything there is to know about the cheating at this point? Yes. Then why?
3: I don't suppose I could get you to rephrase that as a yes or no question.
2: Are you being cautious with your responses because you want to be a manager someday, and you're afraid that admitting the extent of your own involvement will cost you that opportunity?
3: That sounds broadly potentially accurate.
2: Well, here's the million-dollar question. Given that the cheating helped you win a World Series, going back, would you do anything differently?
3: Not at all.
0: Democratic primary officially began this week with the traditional first state primary, which is not actually a primary, the Iowa caucus.
1: And oh god, did it go badly.
0: Here to explain the chaotic mess that was this year's Iowa caucus is our chaotic mess correspondent K. Chaotic Mess.
4: Hello. I'm caucus correspondent K. Chaotic Mess, reporting on the Iowa caucus chaotic mess.
2: I didn't win, which could only mean that the system is rigged against me.
4: That was Democratic nominee and Donald Trump with a better health care plan, Bernie Sanders. But before we get to his evidence-less conspiratorial complaining... Me not winning is evidence that whoever beat me cheated. We need to examine the overly complicated caucus system itself. Mayor Pete rhymes with Mayor cheat. What more evidence do you need? Unlike a regular primary where voters simply vote, Caucuses create a needlessly complicated process where voters have to go to a school gymnasium at a specific time and stand in areas designated for their preferred candidate, while volunteers
2: for other candidates try to convince them to change their minds. I want to vote for Andrew Yang, but I don't get to simply vote for Andrew Yang. Instead, I have to stand in the area designated for Andrew Yang, because standing in the designated Andrew Yang area is how you vote for Andrew Yang.
1: I see by the fact that you're standing in the designated Andrew Yang area, you are intend to vote for Andrew Yang. But have you considered voting for not Andrew Yang? In every other voting situation, trying to change people's vote while they are
4: literally in the process of voting would be considered voter intimidation. But in caucuses, voter intimidation is not only allowed, it's basically the key to winning.
0: I'm, uh, I'm undecided. Undecided to have our own designated undecided Area, but I haven't decided if I'm ready to decide to stand in the designated undecided area. Thanks. Those of us that have trouble making decisions really appreciate being aggressively pressured by strangers, it takes the pressure right off.
4: After the maximum possible amount of adult peer pressure has been applied, all of the voters have chosen their designated standing area. There's a head count, and candidates that fail to get 15% of the total number of people standing in designated areas to stand in their designated area are declared not viable.
2: Oh man. I like math, so I ended up at the least popular corner of the school gymnasium. It's like high school all over again. The supporters of the non-viable candidates are then
4: immediately subjected to more voter intimidation to cajole them into moving into one of the remaining candidates' designated area. It's basically like a failed combination of democracy and Red Rover. Red Rover, Red
1: Rover, send Gang voters right over!
4: At the end of this needlessly complicated process begins the fairly simple process of reporting the results. Except that this year, in a needlessly complicated effort to oversimplify the only already simple part of their needlessly overcomplicated process, they inadvertently overcomplicated the simple part of the
1: complicated process. I've got an idea. Instead of just reporting the final numbers like we always have, let's add the additional requirements of reporting the tallies from the first round, even though those tallies are completely irrelevant. Also, let's change the way we always reported information and use an app instead. Also, let's not do anything to test that app and make sure that it's functional before the caucus. These new changes failed more miserably than coach Kyle Shanahan with a fourth quarter lead. The bad news is that the app failed more miserably than a football joke in an NPR parody podcast.
4: The additional reporting requirements combined with the failure of the untested app led to massive confusion and delays, which the Iowa Democratic Party somehow
1: managed to screw up even worse. The good news is that I have another great idea. Let's not say anything to anyone about any of this until 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Also, let's hang up on our precinct captains while they're doing live TV interviews. Also, when we finally do release the information, let's only release half of the information.
4: And as this overcomplicated effort to simplify the only simple part of an overcomplicated caucus failed, conspiracy theories flourished on the internet, like whatever team is playing Kyle Shanahan's team in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl.
2: This easily provable series of stupid but well-intentioned mistakes are, in my view, part of an impossible-to-prove, nefarious DNC conspiracy to steal the election from me.
4: Even though the unintentional errors are well documented.
2: Mayor Pete rhymes with mayor cheat. I know I already said that earlier, but as anyone who has ever heard more than one of my speeches can tell you, all of my speeches are exactly the same. The numbers
4: can be verified by a rigorous paper trail. Pete rhymes with cheat. And all of my speeches, I repeat. And the Iowa Democratic Party has already volunteered to an independent third party investigation.
2: Pete rhymes with cheat. But what we should really be investigating, in my view, is that nothing rhymes with Elizabeth Warren. What is Elizabeth Warren hiding that makes her so afraid of rhyme schemes? And just
4: to make things even more frustrating, Iowa only has 41 of 3,979 total pledge delegates in the Democratic primary. So in the end, this entire fight has been about the proportional split of 1% of the
2: total number of Democratic delegates. When you put it that way, my baseless conspiracy allegations seem petty and needlessly divisive, which means I will make them louder and more frequently because I am the Donald Trump of opposing DONALD TRUMP!
0: President Trump was acquitted of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress by the Senate on Tuesday.
1: The fact that President Trump has escaped all consequences and any accountability for the blatant abuse of power he got caught red-handed committing begs the question, what's the worst that could happen?
0: To help us answer that question, Barely Audible Whisper turns to our worst case scenario correspondent, Mike Calamity.
4: Hello, I'm worst case scenario correspondent Mike Calamity, and Dan thought of that name in Molly and Dave's bathroom. Rephrasing the question What's the worst that did
2: happen? I'm shitting all over American democracy.
1: As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, but more importantly, was that joke also about my bathroom?
4: No. The good news is that President Trump would never shit on your toilet because your toilet is not made out of gold. The bad news is that President Trump has been shitting on American democracy for three years, and it's about to get way
2: worse. Not necessarily. Hi, I'm Rose Tinted Goggles, and I'm here to put a more positive spin on things. Maybe Trump learned his lesson, as Maine Senator and coward trapped in a nun's body Susan Collins suggested. I think as a result of being
4: impeached, but not suffering any real consequences,
2: President Trump will learn his lesson. He won't do anything like this again without thinking twice. I can't think twice about things because I don't even think once about things. Mere minutes after
4: he was acquitted, Trump tweeted a video depicting a Trump 2020 campaign sign with the numbers 2020 perpetually going up in increments of four, ostensibly declaring his intention to be president for life. Trump
2: 2020. Trump 2024. Trump 2020. Uh, let's see, carry the one. What's 24 plus 4? 24, 25, 20 Trump, 2173. Yay! 2173 isn't for 220 teen more years. Trump is president forever! Later, the very same day Trump was
4: acquitted, Attorney General in Lying Sack of Jowls, Bill Barr, released a letter declaring that no investigation into any presidential candidate or campaign can be opened without his express written permission.
3: Nobody can investigate the president or his campaign without my express written permission. From now on, investigating Trump will be even harder then rebroadcasting, redistributing, or describing a major league baseball game.
2: Okay, so that's really bad.
4: But there's an election coming up. An election that Trump was basically given a green light to cheat in.
2: Hello Ukraine, it's Trump. I was just calling to invite you to my super fun, super legitimatizing on the world stage White House sleepover. I need you to do us a favor, though. Sleepy Joe Biden is slipping in the polls, so now I need you to investigate Crazy Bernie, Pocahontas, and the gay guy. Ah, that was a perfect call.
4: Not to mention Mitch McConnell won't even put free and fair election bills up for a floor vote.
2: Uh, Yep, I'm not going to let the Senate approve backup paper ballots because I care about not cutting down trees all of a sudden. Uh, But any Republican can make up any crazy voter suppression requirement they want. Uh, Uh, Uh. Hey y'all, welcome to Georgia
0: where the only valid form of voter identification is an NRA membership card.
2: Sure, they're going to cheat, but if we turn out in large enough numbers, they won't be able to cheat. We're already building enthusiasm. People all over the country took the streets to protest Trump's acquittal. But they demonstrated in favor of removing the president after
1: he was already acquitted. What do we want? Trump Trump removed! When do we want it? Early Early this this afternoon. afternoon! We're really bad at this. Yeah, yeah.
2: Point taken, but I still think we've got a good chance at winning the election. If there is an election, what's to stop Trump from doing this? The fake news media, which is the enemy of the people, is being very unfair to me. And Shifty Schiff and the do-nothing Democrats keep hoaxing me and witch-hunting me, which is also very unfair to me. And we can't have a fair election if everything is unfair to me. So I hereby declare that the only way to have a fair election that is fair to me is to not have an election, and I declare me the winner. He could never get away with that. Welcome to Fox News special election coverage of President Trump's
4: no-election re-election. The Never Trump media claims that Trump wasn't really re-elected just because there wasn't really an election. But they're the same Never Trump media whose unfair treatment of Trump forced Trump to cancel
2: the election that re-elected him. Trump was duly elected president by less than a majority of the American people in 2016, and the Trump derangement syndrome Democrats have been trying to overturn the clear will of a minority of the people ever since. First, it was Mueller. Then the impeachment. Now they want elections.
4: When will it end? That couldn't happen, though. Could it? It seems almost unimaginable, but then again, three years ago, it seemed unimaginable that this would be a direct quote from a United States Senator. Hit it, Rubio.
0: Just because actions meet the standard of impeachment does not mean it is in the best interest of the country to remove the president from office.
2: Oh, I just can't wait to be
0: This has been our 100th episode, and given that it coincided with the President's State of the Union address, it seemed fitting that we give our listeners a State of the Podcast address.
1: Naturally, we'll be using a lot of President Trump's favorite rhetorical tricks to make ourselves sound way better than we actually are.
0: The State of Barely Audible Whisper is strong. Very strong. While we often joke about having only three listeners, the actual number is much closer to five.
1: Over the past two and a half years, the Glenbeck radio program has lost a hundred listeners, while we've increased our listeners by 1,000%.
0: We have also become much more active on social media. We have the highest number of Twitter followers that we've ever had. And Dan posts something on our Facebook page nearly every week. Except for all the weeks that he doesn't.
1: We now have a YouTube channel, and we expect to soon have four times as many subscribers as we do today.
0: Over our 100 episodes, we have come up with what many are saying are the best joke names in the history of comedy. <laughs> Denial's not just a river. Brook Booker McGook. What's an anal bead for?
1: Argumentative couple Warren Bickering. And Daily Spats and Bickering. Our regional-specific correspondents for Wisconsin, Favre Cheeseman. For Minnesota, Gundy Gunderson. And covering the southern aristocracy, Mint Julep. Screw-up correspondent, Maya Fault. Legal correspondent, Amy Kuskure.
0: Absurd beliefs correspondent, Cy Kobabble.
1: Crisis correspondent, Michael Amity. And nerdy debaters, Ashley Datz Fault. And Will, you're wrong.
0: And of course, from earlier today, baseball reporter, Homer Walkoff.
1: And perhaps the most impressive joke name of all, our uninspiring fortune teller, Not Impressive.
0: President Trump interrupted his State of the Union to bestow an honor on a person who spent his whole life spewing hatred and spreading falsehoods, just to grow his brand and get more listeners.
1: In the same spirit, we would like to bestow the Medal of Defumation to Devin Nunez's Utter Cow.
3: I'm Devin Nunez's Utter Cow, and... Devin Nunez has frequently molested me. He also forced me to chain-smoke Marlboros and now I have a lung tumor. That's right, I'm claiming that Devin Nunez forcibly gave me cancer. That's Major League Defamation.
1: Please Please sue sue us, Devin Nunez. Nunez. We need more listeners. And now to spin our problematic lack of diversity. We have provided as much paid voice work for African-American actors as we have for white actors. Eh? In
0: our past five episodes, the percentage of characters voiced by actors of color has increased significantly thanks to Jason showing up that one time.
1: Eh? Now we'd like to sensationalize the risks of not listening to Barely Audible Whisper.
0: With us is a very absurd hypothetical, I mean special guest, Audio
1: Stimulus. Add that to the hilarious name list.
2: I was driving home from work and listening to loud music, so I didn't hear a siren coming up behind me. When the fire truck was right behind me, it blared its horn, and I got so startled I veered off the road. Then, in a ditch with my music still blaring, a bear roared, but I didn't hear it, and it came up and trampled my car. It turned out the bear was being chased by a swarm of angry bees, which I also didn't hear because of the music. And I got 8,000 stings. None of that would have happened if I had been listening to Barely Audible Whisper.
0: In conclusion, the state of Barely Audible Whisper is strong.
1: Billions and billions of strong.
0: Because no state of the whatever address is complete without opposition responses. Here's President Trump.
2: I'm President Trump, and as always, I'm voiced by a woman because I hate that. I hate that so much. Barely Audible Whisper is very, very dumb and not strong. If I could rip up a podcast, I would. The very low IQ Dave Baldwin hates America, and many people are saying Crooked Molly Brown is fake news. Do-Nothing Dan Brown is not at all clever and probably has blood coming out of his wherever. Sleepy Creepy Tommy Struck is very corrupt. Shifty Michael Morgan only cares about money. Vying Ali Glonick is a total life. Goofy Emily Sams-Brown is a fake and a stone-cold phony, and the very unfunny Cory Burns should be impeached for obstruction of jokes
1: and abuse of me. And now, with a Spanish language response, is Attorney General William Barr.
3: (laughs) A penis audible, so es is une podcast terrible new no, me guster
0: and now with the baby talk response is rami claire brown
5: thank
0: you for listening to the 100th episode of barely audible whisper made possible by the following people writer producer co-host dave baldwin Co-host and actress Molly Brown Writer and actor Daniel Carter-Brown Actors Ali Glonick and Corey Burns Also special thanks to Emily Sams Tommy Strzok, Michael Morgan Who are part of a regular cast Couldn't make this show Thanks to Joshie Newkirk Who is the original producer of this show Without whom we couldn't have gotten it done Special thanks to Robin Ward Also special thanks to Charles Islay Whose uh, support and most particularly whose equipment uh, we couldn't have gotten our first episodes done without. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate your support.
5: Curious.